Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No. These are the other stories. <laughs> we need your stories. If you're a writer and you're listening to this and not writing a story to submit to the other stories, well, that's good because we love it if people listen to us. But when you're done listening to this episode, okay, maybe listen to a second episode, but then get writing. We are currently looking for stories under the themes of mirrors, crime, haunting, octopuses, aging, and fairies. For more details, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. Today's episode is Kill-Death Ratio, written by Thomas Teller and narrated by Justin Fife. It was all because of that stupid rabbit mook with the rocket. If my avatar hadn't legged, I would have eliminated him before he could fire. Instead, he dropped to the ground just as the missile launched. My avatar went up into shards of metal and smoke, and my screen went blank. Then ridicule and laughter through the mic. Finally, someone took him down, said Starboy777. Boom, roasted, said 45 Colt 45 Ha ha, I replied, and then declined to respawn and stove from my console. My fridge was a poor distraction from the thoughts of lost loot. If I stayed in fourth place, my pay rate for complete emissions would take a cut. I had an eye on a faster PC, which would help with the lag, 
but I'd never get there if I kept getting fucked by random mooks. This game had been paying the rent ever since I got promoted to pro. Apparently, we were training an AI for something. What it was, I didn't necessarily want to know. I grabbed a beer and last night's pad tie from the fridge and returned to the console. While I was gone, a message had appeared on my screen. Special mission. I perked up at this. Special missions were usually offered because there was a catch. The reward might be high, but the chances of success were low. I clicked into the new mission, only to find sparse details. It seemed simple on the surface. Enter a compound in the nearby hills and clear it out. But the reward was crazy high. A whole Bitcoin just for one mission. Usually, a successful mission might earn me a few hundred bucks. A full Bitcoin could buy me a new PC, and it had just fallen into my lap. Some of the other players were taunting me over chat. Afraid to jump back in, are we? Pussy, said another. Sorry, lads. I've just been handed a full Bitcoin mission, so I've got to run. I said rather smugly into the mic. Instant accusations of dishonesty came over the chat. I shrugged them off. Gotta keep your mom satisfied somehow, I said. She doesn't come cheap. I didn't actually know any of the other players in my unit, and the game devs liked to keep it that way. We always went by our screen names and weren't allowed to give out personal info. Apparently, the lack of familiarity bred competition, and competition was good for performance. With that, I accepted the mission. A quest marker appeared on my map somewhere in the hills outside of town. My avatar stepped out of the landing pad where it had just dropped. I unleashed the parachute and toggled forward towards the town. The town was smallish, and the surrounding map was all hills and desert. It was a lot more manageable than the maps of the other major cities, but the mooks were well-armed and aggressively defended their territory. My team had been there since morning, and we'd taken most of the east side of town. I'd been clearing out a ten-story apartment complex when the rabbit mook had hit me with the missile. Part of me wanted to head back up to the same building and teach the mook a lesson, but the clock on my new quest was ticking. So, instead, I toggled forward through the town, occasionally leaping over upturned cars and chunks of rubble building. A few other players were roving about the conquered area, picking up loot or just fucking around destroying buildings. Their avatars appeared like shiny metallic robots, same as mine, with steel-plated armor and hydraulic limbs. I still appeared as a standard avatar skin and the self-facing camera, which irked me. I'd lost all my special skins when I died, several of which I could have sold off to less productive players. Now my avatar's face was just a typical mesh of cameras, sensors, and dongles. I looked like a total noob. Not to mention all the money I'd lost by losing my kill streak. That, though, could easily be amended. I sped over the upturned cars and collapsed buildings into the thick of the fighting. Some other players were holding skins at gunpoint or shuffling hostages back to the conquered territory. Hostages gave you a few bucks each, nothing major. Usually it made more sense to kill a hostage and take a small pay cut for the friendly fire, rather than wasting time escorting them back to the prison trucks. The real money was in missions. So I kept running towards the quest markers. A few mooks scattered before me as I ran, their appearances were endlessly entertaining. They were dressed as everything under the sun. Cartoon animals and zombies and orcs and robots. Some were menacing in appearance, others humorous. One of the perks of having a kill streak was assigning different appearances to the mooks. Nothing like chasing down Bugs Bunny with your AK-47. 
Whatever their skin, they all spoke nonsense, just warbled squawking that made them funnier when they ran away. I dropped just a few for fun as I ran through the town, starting to build my kill streak. I ditched the town and ran into the country. I watched my battery levels drop steadily. I'd need to get there and back before the battery pack on my avatar drained. I went as quickly as I could without draining the battery, keeping my eye on the quest clock as well. By the time I had arrived at the place, I had about half of the Avatar's power left. The location was a small compound of buildings set into the hills, probably a small militia base. The quest marker hovered above the main building, a three-story stone house with open-air windows. Out front, barricades of sandbags and barbed wire made the mountain pass nearly impassable. An alert flashed on my screen. Enemies nearby. That was when a bullet whizzed from behind one of the barricades and collided with my avatar's right arm. It ricocheted off the steel armor and embedded itself in a nearby rock. But my health scanner still dipped. I could only take so much fire before the avatar would be unworkable. I ducked and dove behind a rock. Health bar was fine, but the bullet hit close to a fuel pump. An inch closer and I would have lost the limb. I cursed under my breath, then selected a grenade from the avatar's preset weapons cache. My computer calculated the toss, and I let it soar. A satisfying explosion lit up the screen. I stayed safe behind my rock, avoiding shrapnel. Quest markers on my attackers vanished, and two reward boxes lit up my screen with confetti. I earned some basic skins from the two kills, and my avatar's appearance upgraded from the basic robot appearance. Now I was wearing a cartoonish cowboy hat and a wizard cloak. Not bad, but not nearly as good as the gear I had on my last kill streak. I used the cover of the explosion to advance my position. I took some fire on the way, but that seemed like dumb luck on the mook's part. A few of them ran in front of me, a teddy bear and one of those flailing plastic tube guys you see at the car dealerships. I landed bullets in both of them, and they collapsed into heaps on the ground, dropping their weapons. I scavenged some grenades from the teddy bear and made my way up the narrow path into the encampment. A few more mooks dropped, and my kill streak started getting me some real rewards. Cash. Whoever assigned the mission, they wanted to make sure the player was well rewarded. Here's where it started getting strange. Once I breached the house, the mooks stopped having guns. On the first floor, one of them came at me with a knife. A knife, of all things. I tossed the mook across the room and it smashed through a window. In the next room, the mooks didn't even try to fight. They ran. I put two bullets in their backs and collected my earnings. But when I searched their bodies, they didn't even have weapons. At first I was mad, I was running out of ammo. But then I just thought it was strange. My sensors showed there was only five more mooks in the house, all upstairs. I climbed the stairs and turned the corner, only to find four of them huddled in the corner. The largest mook, with a skin like a pink chipmunk or gerbil or something, ran up to me. It spoke the weird mook language, a series of unintelligible warbled squeaks. But there was something in the mook's voice, like it was begging, almost. I threw it down and lifted my rifle and put a bullet between its eyes. The three others, the small ones, huddled in the corner. Their skins were a bird, a jelly bean, and a pumpkin. I raised my gun, and then I hesitated. Why were those mooks so small? They didn't even have weapons or look big enough to fight. What was the point of killing them? A flash, a bullet. My sensor flared with warnings indicated that I'd been hit. I turned around to see a mook standing in the entryway. This one was normal size and holding some kind of electronic gadget with a long antenna. He toggled it, and the monitor I was playing on crackled. Something bright and loud disrupted the feed. I squinted as the static cleared. 
then standing before me was a man. Not a mook at all, a high-resolution video feed of a human person. He stared at me, arms raised and pleaded. The language wasn't warbled or high-pitched at all, it was just a language, something foreign, Arabic maybe, judging by the guy's appearance. I backed up. At first I thought it was a glitch, but what kind of glitch made photorealistic images of people and, and why? I turned to the right. On the floor where I shot the mook earlier was a woman. Just a woman. She stared empty-eyed at the ceiling. In the corner, three children huddled. The screen went black. Error, the screen said. Mission canceled. I clutched my controller, staring at the blank screen. What was that? I thought. And did the money come through? Frustrated, I took off my headset and moved towards the kitchen for a beer. Some glitch, I thought making it seem like I was killing kids and families. I brought the beer back to the living room, only to pause in the doorway. A metallic figure stood next to the open window. It raised a pistol. Bitcoin in the pocket, boys, came a tiny voice from the speaker. And one less mook. I raised my hands, began to beg and scream. I stepped towards him, raised my hands in supplication, but I knew deep down that all he would see was some ridiculous skin. The bullet landed in my chest and I collapsed, bleeding to the floor. The last thing I saw blinking on the console screen was my name and a message. Killstreak ended. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Kill Death Ratio was written by Thomas Teller and narrated by Justin Fife. Edited by Duncan Muggleton with music by Silicon Transmitter and Tom Robson. And sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Arrington for the constant bombardment of sick riffs he rocks out of his social media content guitar. Thomas Teller is a writer and author in Minnesota who is currently seeking representation. You can read more of his work by following him on Twitter at, at ThomasXTeller1. Justin Fife is an audio producer, amateur voice actor, podcaster, and video game lover. You can follow Justin over on Twitter at, at JustinB5. Once again, we are currently on the hunt for amazing short horror stories. So head over to theotherstories.net forward slash submissions and check out the current submission details. We're looking for stories under the themes of mirrors, crime, haunting, octopuses, or octopi, or octopod, aging, and fairies. Once again, the link to that is theotherstories.net forward slash submissions. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 